for thee. Come now.
chapter 12 2nd Corinthians chapter 12 we begin reading at verse 1 <clears throat> these are the words you're fine it is not expedient for me doubtless to glory I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago. Whether in body, I cannot tell. Or whether out of body, I cannot tell. God knoweth. Such an one caught up into the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which it is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such an one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory but in mine infirmities. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth. 
But now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. And lest I be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelation that was given unto me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Amen. I want to talk just for a few minutes this morning about God's unmerited favor. God's unmerited favor. It is not uncommon now for people who are saved, who know the Lord, in just everyday conversation to say that I am blessed and highly favored. You ask now people on the street, people who have known the Lord for any period of time, quickly out of their mouths, they'll tell you, I am blessed and highly favored. Oh, what a beautiful testimony. What a wonderful testimony. Blessed and highly favored. But the thing that I want to propose to you this morning is, although it is a beautiful testimony, although it is a truth, it's not the whole truth. It's the truth. And you ought to tell somebody when you're being blessed, but you, you got to understand that, that there's a piece that has been left off if you put it in there, it's going to mean so much more about your testimony. The truth is, I am blessed and I'm highly favored, but you ought to also tell them I didn't deserve it. Are y'all hearing me? I'm blessed and I'm highly favored, but the truth is, I did not deserve it. It was unmerited favor. I didn't do a thing to be blessed like I am. In 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, <clears throat> Paul talks about what has to be one of the most trying times and challenging times in his ministry. Chapter 11, verses 23 through 33, Paul talks of being beaten talks about being stoned and shipwrecked and robbed and he talks about trouble on every hand. He talked about being hungry. Talked about being cold. Talked about a time when he had to run for his life and the only way he escaped he, got, he was let down over the city wall in a basket. Paul spends time talking about his trying times. But then after telling about 
the worst of times in chapter 11. It's almost like he felt like he was compelled in chapter 12 to tell them that everything ain't bad. Y'all hearing me? It's almost like in chapter 12, he goes from talking about the worst experience and he goes right into his best experience. It's almost as if he starts chapter 12 by, by saying, uh, I have shared with you, I've already talked to you about my most humiliating experience. I've talked to you about my bad experiences. Now, let me share with you the upside of this thing. Share with you about my bad times. Now, let me share with you about my good times. In other words, what Paul wants you and I to know is everything ain't bad. Y'all hear me? Just like there are downs, there are also ups. Y'all hear me? And a child of God would have to witness with me today that, a matter of fact, the good outweighs the bad. Amen. And he begins to share. He begins to share his story. He begins to do a strange thing. He's sharing his story. But the strange thing he does, he begins to refer to himself in the third person. It's almost like he's talking to himself about himself. For some reason, he doesn't want to talk about him. He talks about himself in the third person. Humility would not allow him to come across as bragging and boasting. He wanted to make sure that people knew he wasn't boasting. But the more he talked, the more you realize that he is talking about a personal experience. The more he talks, you realize that he is talking about an experience that he had himself with God. Paul says, I had an experience. He said, now, I really don't know whether I was in the body. I don't know whether I was out of the body. He says, I don't even know if I was dead or alive. All I know is I experienced something. Are y'all hearing this? A whole lot of scholars, a whole lot of scholars have said that Paul had an out-of-body experience. But I don't, know, I don't know how they came to that knowledge because Paul was there. Paul was there. He had the experience, and he says, I don't know whether it was in or I don't know whether I was dead or alive. He said, but somehow I was caught up into the third heaven. Are y'all hearing me? Paul talking about an experience he had. He says, I got caught up into the third. Let me, let me, let me share this third heaven thing. The first heaven, the first heaven, yeah, he says, I went beyond the first heaven. That, that's that heaven that you and I knew about. That's, that's the heaven where, where we have conquered that. We, we fly planes in the, in the first heaven. We, we can see stars and we see clouds. We, we know a little bit about the first heaven. He said, but I went above all of that. So I went even beyond the second heaven. That second heaven, that's where man is striving to get to right now. Man desires to go to the moon. He desires to go to Mars. He desires to go to some other planet. That's the second heaven. The planets and the galaxies, that's second heaven. Paul says, I went beyond all of that. That's right. He says, I was caught up 
above first heaven. I was caught up above second heaven. I went above all of that into paradise. You say, I, I, I went to heaven. Y'all hearing this? He says, I went to a place that a man will never see unless he is like Paul, unless he gets caught up. I saw, are y'all hearing me? Paul went to paradise. He went to the same place where the penitent thief traveled with Jesus on the day he died on Calvary. He, he went to paradise. He, 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 he went, Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Paul saw that place. He went and he saw the dwelling place of God. Paul saw it with his own eyes. And here, here it is. When you go to a new place, you see new things. Y'all hearing this? When you go to a new place, you see new things. When you go where nobody's ever been, you see things that nobody has ever seen. Helps me to understand. Helps me to understand Paul a little bit better. Because I'm always amazed at Paul's knowledge. I'm always amazed at how assertive Paul is. How, how when Paul writes, Paul seems to... To, to present even mysteries in such a way that you know beyond the shadow of a doubt that he knows what he's talking about. It's amazing how Paul writes things and he writes them in such a manner and you wonder how in the world does he know all of that? He writes as if he knows that he, listen to how assertive Paul is in many of his writings. Listen to Paul saying, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. But we shall all be changed. How did he know that? Are y'all hearing me? I tell you, when you go where nobody else has been, you see what nobody else has seen. Behold, I listen to Paul saying, listen to him saying, with assurance, for we know that if this earthly house of this tabernacle is dissolved, we have another building. How did he know that? Are y'all hearing me? Listen to Paul saying, henceforth, has laid up for me a crown of righteousness. How can Paul be so assertive? How can he be so convinced? And it's because he went where nobody else has been. And he saw what nobody else has seen. I want to submit to you that Paul was like that because while Paul wasn't talking about what he thought, he wasn't talking about what he heard somebody say. He was talking about what he saw with his own eyes. Not only did he see things with his own eyes, he heard things with his own ears. Verse 4 says, he heard unspeakable words that he could not even repeat. Oh, my brothers and my sisters, if anybody has bragging rights, if anybody ever had bragging rights, Paul had bragging rights. Paul was chosen to go where nobody has ever gone and to see what nobody else has ever seen and to hear what nobody else has ever heard. But then 
Look at God's next move. Gone when nobody's been seen, when nobody's seen, heard, when nobody has heard. But then look at God's next move. Verse 7, unless I be exalted above measure. Matter of fact, unless I get too high and lifted up so that I wouldn't get the big head. I, I saw what nobody else has seen. I, I heard what nobody, but so that I wouldn't get the big head that was given to me a thorn in the flesh. Y'all hear me? All this wonderful experience, all these good things I experienced, but all at once that is given to me a thorn in the flesh. And read it good. A messenger of Satan to buffet me. To buffet. To buffet means, yeah, 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 yeah. That was given to me. Yeah, yeah. A, a, a messenger of Satan to beat me down. The same God that let me have this wonderful experience. The same God that let me see what nobody else has seen and hear what nobody has said. That same God turned Satan the loose on me. Y'all hear me? To buffet me and to beat me down. Now, brothers and sisters, if I'm reading this right, God blesses him and then turns the devil loose on him. Y'all hear me? So, so yeah, he, he blesses him, then turns the devil loose on him so that his blessings wouldn't go to his head. Well, my brothers and my sisters, we, we often talk about how God blesses us. We often talk about how good he is and how he blesses us. But rarely do we get around to telling what God has to do to us to keep our feet on the ground. Well, we don't mind talking about our blessings. We don't mind talking about blessing and highly favored. We don't mind talking about what God has given us and how God is blessed. But he, we don't like to talk about what he has to do to us. To keep us from getting beyond ourselves. and What he has to do to humble us down. God has to temper our blessings with thorns. Y'all hearing this? I don't care how blessed you are. He has to temper our blessings with thorns. To keep us from getting beside ourselves. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? What kind of crazy we would be if life was full of ups and no downs? Can, can you imagine how ruined we would be if everything we touched turned to gold and we never had a down day? Are y'all hearing me? But that is not life. That's not life. Into each life, some rain must fall. If there's good, there's got to be bad. If, there, yeah, if there's up, there must be down. If there's sweet, there must be bitter. If there's a rose, there must be thorns. If there is an Obama, <laughs> all, right, sir. all I'm saying, all I'm saying is that 
we can never fully appreciate good if we don't experience some bad. We really don't know how good good is unless we experience some bad. So, but, but here is where I want to get to. Paul said, I went to the Lord three times. Three times I went to the Lord. I, I got on my knees. I prayed to him. I went to the Lord three times and asked him to remove this thorn. I went to him three times and asked him, please get, get me out of this pain that I'm in. Remove this thorn from me. But listen at God's response. Listen to the response that he gets from God. The response that he gets from God is, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient. My grace is made perfect in your weakness. Get this. I've asked the Lord three times. I prayed. I prayed and asked the Lord and I've heard him saying Jesus will never say no. I prayed and asked him three times to remove this stone. He said, my grace is sufficient for thee. My grace is made perfect in weakness. Let me help somebody here who, who's somewhere listening. Let me, let me help you out. Somebody who who's out there right now, who's, who's struggling with your own thorn. Let me help you out. You're sitting there this morning, you're listening to me, and you already done figured it out. I, I got a thorn. I, I've got something right now that's, that's just bugging me. I got, let, let me help you. Those who are, who, who, who are struggling with their own thorn, right? Yeah, yeah. Somebody who's sitting there listening to me, wishing that the Lord would take this thorn away. But he told me to give you this message this morning and the message that he wants me to give you. You want him to move it. You want him to do it right now. But he told me to tell you my grace is sufficient. My grace. Let me show it to you. Let me show it to you now. Sit down. What is grace? What is grace? Grace is unmerited favor. Y'all hearing this? Grace is unmerited favor. It means it's favor that I don't deserve. You just for a moment forget about the fact that it's unmerited. Let's just put that to the side. Let's put the fact that it's unmerited that I don't deserve it. Let's put that to the side. Let's forget about that fact and, and yeah, the fact that I don't deserve it. And just let's just look at the fact that we are favored. Let's lay that to the side. The fact that we don't deserve it. Let's thank God that we are in his favor. What is God saying to Paul? What God is saying to Paul is uh, you are walking in my favor. You are blessed. You are highly favored. He says you're walking in my favor. And what I want you to know, Paul, is that that is sufficient. You're walking in my favor. Yes, you're walking around with a thorn, but you're in my favor. All right, all right. Yes, you're in pain, 
but you are in my favor. Yes, it's uncomfortable, uh, but you are in my favor. It keeps you up at night sometimes, but Paul, you are in my favor. Somebody, somebody who woke up sad is going to be glad the rest of the day because <laughs> you know that you're walking in the favor of God. And then if you ain't shouting yet, if you ain't shouting yet, we're just dealing with his favor right now. But if you're not shouting yet, throw in the fact that you're in his favor and the favor that I have with God is totally unmerited. I didn't do a thing. Are y'all hearing me? Yeah, yeah, I'm in his favor and I did not do a thing to get in his favor. I'm in his favor and I don't deserve to be in his favor. And when you begin to see it like that, when you begin to see his unmerited favor like that, now you understand why the songwriter said it's amazing. Y'all hear me? Well, we don't sing it much anymore, but, but, but I still believe that it's amazing. Look at amazing favor. How sweet the sound that saved a... Y'all hearing me? It's God's favor, his grace. It was favor. It was unmerited favor that taught my heart to fear, but it was that same unmerited favor that relieved me of those same fears unmerited favor through many dangers, toils, and snares I've already come. But if you ain't shouting yet, you need to know that it was unmerited. You made it, but you didn't deserve to make it. Another songwriter said it like this. It was it for crimes that I have done. Are y'all hearing me? What was it for crimes that I have done. I, I want to state it in the positive. Yeah, I, he asked the question, was it for crimes that I have done? I want to put it in the positive. It was for crimes. Y'all right. right. hear me? It was for crimes that I have done that he grown upon the tree. Amazing pity, grace unknown, and love beyond. Are y'all hearing me? Or oh, if you're not shouting yet, you need to go somewhere around the cross. It was at the cross. At the cross where I first saw the light. The cross where he laid down his life for me. Where he died in my place. It was at the cross. Died for me. Laid in a borrowed tomb. But early Sunday morning he got up with all power in his. Are y'all hearing me? All of that is God's favor. And again, if you're not shouting yet, just know that you didn't deserve it. Oh, y'all, if you're not shouting yet, just know that you ain't been that good. Just know that God looked beyond your faults and he saw our needs. I thank God today. I thank God today for his amazing grace. I thank God today for unmerited favor. And I want to challenge all of you in the sound of my voice to take time no matter what your situation is, no matter how many thorns you have springing up in your life right now, you thank him for his favor. You thank him for giving you that that you did not deserve, that you still do not deserve. 
God's unmerited favor. I thank God today. I thank God today that even in my sins, he looked beyond my faults. and He saw my needs. And what I need is the favor of God. What I need is a God who can see good enough to look beyond all of my faults and see my needs. I thank him today for his unmerited favor. And let me just say to you today, wherever you are, wherever you're listening from, I want you to know that that same favor is available to you. I know you feel like you don't deserve it, but what you've got to understand is that those of us who know Jesus, we didn't deserve it either. I know you're sitting there beating yourself up, thinking about all the mistakes that you have made, but please know that's the beauty of Jesus. He blesses us when we don't deserve it. While I was yet a sinner, while I was still in my sin, he died for me. While I was yet a sinner, and what you need to know is that he died for you also. And today he calls on you, calls on you to just acknowledge what he has done. If thou wilt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, I shall be saved. I take my time doing this on Sunday morning because we're not in the pew. You're sitting at home and you're wrestling with these things at home. You're sitting there by yourself sometimes. You're wrestling with this. And I'm here to tell you that right where you are, he's already taken the work out of it. Somebody wants to know, what can I do? What can I do to be saved? Well, it's too late for you to do anything. He already did everything. What you need to do now is accept what he already did. Already went to the cross, already died, already went to the grave and conquered sin and death. But it got up. And what I need you to do wherever you are is accept that gift that he's given you. And all you need to do is accept him as Lord and Savior of your life. If that's you today, I want you to yield to him today. I want you to yield to him today. I want you as soon as you can to find yourself a Bible-based, Bible-believing church. Salem is a wonderful place, but it's not the only place. You need to find a Bible-based, Bible-believing church close to you. Go to that pastor and let him know about a decision that you have made today. If you're unsaved, if you're unsaved, I would that you would just yield to him today. Jesus, keep me near the cross there a precious fountain it's free to all a healing stream that flows from Calvary's mountain
Bless the Lord wherever you are. Just bless the Lord in your house. Amen. Amen. And we thank God for his word. We thank God for each of you. And we thank God for your faithfulness to continue Zooming and screaming and streaming and whatever we're doing. I want to thank you for your faithfulness. Uh, these are unusual times, but you all have been so faithful. And I want you to know that I do appreciate it. Thank you for continuing your stewardship. Thank you so much for continually giving. Please know, please know that I have not at all become comfortable with this. Uh, matter of fact, I'm getting a little tired. I'm looking at empty pews. I enjoy doing what God has called me to do, but it would be so much better if y'all were here looking at me. And I'm looking at y'all, but right now, we're still in a place of uncertainty. And somehow, I just cannot make the decision to put any of you in danger. Uh, so please just bear with us, bear with us. I am looking at some things that we can do, looking at some, some ways that we can do, but it's just not time yet. It's not time yet. So you all just continue to pray for me. I'll continue to pray for you, and at, in God's own time, he's going to bring us all back together. But right now, for our own good, uh, don't be fooled by the crowd you see together on, on TV. Don't, don't be fooled. Uh, you see them while they're out there. You don't see where they are next week. Uh, so don't be fooled by all the crowds that you see everywhere. Uh, we have to use some good sense. And so we're just watching God and waiting on God to lead us and give us the right time. God bless you. God keep you again. Thanks to everybody who it takes to make all of this possible. Amen to our praise team, our music ministry. Amen. Dion, always good to have you back here. Always good to have you. Amen. Amen. We want to thank uh, Reverend Phillips and amen. Thank our weekly announcer. It's just so good how God is making this thing work to our audio video video team thank you so much god bless you god keep you is our prayer god be with you till we meet again
grace of God, the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide with us now, henceforth, and forevermore. Let us all say. There are several ways to submit your tithe and offering. Online at www.thechurchwithzeal.org slash give. On Cash App at dollar sign the church with zeal. Via the Givelify app. By mail to Salem Missionary Baptist Church, P.O. Box 817, Lilburn, Georgia 30048 or in person at the church office on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. It's not necessary to wait until Sunday to give. Online, Givelify, Cash App, or mail-in contributions may be submitted on any day of the week. Thank you for your continued support of the ministry at Salem Missionary Baptist Church.